Greetings to every single one of you. Those tunes are, of course, courtesy of the amazing Bobby Mackey. And as always, I'm your host, Tessa Morrow. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers Podcast part of your day. So we are just a couple days past Christmas now. And I'm hoping that every single one of you had a phenomenal holiday filled with laughter and love and amazing food and all the sweets that you can think of and the company. Usually I'm in Colorado around this time and this was the first year ever that I missed it and wasn't able to make it back home. And it was hard for me, but the Christmas ended up being amazing You know, I wasn't alone. I was with my boyfriend and his amazing family, where his mom made this mouth-watering, delicious prime rib. And, you know, we had fun together. We, of course, had uh, one of my Christmas traditions, which is Christmas Story on all day on the TV in the background. And so that was great. That was, that's a huge thing for me and my family. So, it was neat that they, you know, were able to put it on and and deal with my crazy laughter throughout the day. And now we are about to jump into the brand new year of 2022. These last couple of years have been pretty crazy, I know, for all of us. We've dealt with things. Some of us have actually gotten sick from the pandemic. Some of us have lost loved ones because of it. And I'm hoping that this year, this new year, brings us all good health and love and happiness and adventure. And dare I even say a little bit of normalcy? <gasps> now, I know we all have grown accustomed to having our own traditions through the holidays. And it's always neat to hear what other people do. So this episode is going to be all about the crazy, bizarre, and sometimes straight down spooky traditions that people do around this time of year throughout the world. I wish I could hit every single one, but you know, there's always more for next year. But just one thing that I usually do, and it's not scary or bizarre or different or unique. I mean, a lot of people probably do it, but ever since my grandma Mary died, you know, before she died, the holidays, especially Christmas, it always smelled like fudge and cookies and lady fingers and everything that you could think of. You know, she was always busy in the kitchen. And so when she died, I took that over. So I started doing my dad's favorite oatmeal cookies or my, my sister's favorite poppy seed cake, you know, the cherry nut balls, the fudge, everything. And so it's kind of neat. It's like grandma's there, you know, and I'm sure a lot of people uphold that tradition just you know bringing the past loved ones back even if it's like smells from the past and so I do I do that every single year and 
So that's my kind of thing. Besides watching Christmas Story, you'll, you'll shoot your eye out. You know, it's all about the food for us. And another thing that we usually do, so at my dad's, we celebrate Christmas. At my mom's, on December 21st, we celebrate the winter solstice. And it's kind of a really neat tradition that we do there. It's kind of like basically Christmas Day. We do Christmas presents. We do stockings. We have this gorgeous elaborate meal that my mom works all day working on. We do it all. Sometimes she'll even make like this delicious chocolate cake. It's like, oh, so delicious. <laughs> so at the end, though, of the night, we all gather around the table and this huge long candle with several wicks sits before us. And one by one, and it's dark, the whole room is dark. One by one, we'll say what we're thankful for and we'll light our one little wick candle. And then as each person does it, you know, saying what they're thankful for and lighting the candle, the room lightens and brightens. And so with each passing day, it gets brighter, the longer, and the days get grow longer. And so the promise of light brings many other things. And so just the fun little different things that we do. So enough about my traditions and what have you. Let's jump right in to some of these amazing traditions that are held throughout the world. In South Wales, a villager is chosen to parade a horse's skull that's mounted on the wall, usually decorated with ribbons and other elaborate things. Happily marching down the streets on Christmas Eve, there's a sheet that goes over the back of the horse's skull and it covers the person, making an eerie, ghostly appearance. People, they crowd the streets to watch this amazing tradition a bizarre Welsh pagan tradition. And this dates back to 1800. Most popular around Christmas and New Year's as well. Usually starting around dusk and continues on into the very late of night. Known as the Marilad party. It consists of anywhere between four to seven men who have vibrant, colorful ribbons, threads, and what have you attached to their clothing. One person considered a leader is often seen carrying a whip or a stick of some sort, while others play festively merry Christmas music. They often sing in front of people's homes, basically asking for access in, and the homeowners usually find unique ways to say no. All right, we now find ourselves leaving South Wales and heading on over to Italy, a Christmas witch named Befana who rewards the little boys and girls with toys and candy galore. Instead of Christmas Eve, she delivers her treasures on Epiphany Eve, January 5th. She is celebrated all throughout gorgeous Italy. She's kind of a big deal. A huge festival occurs every single year in her honor, and thousands attend. Like, seriously, well over 30,000 people. It's tradition to put black rock candy, which resembles coal, in every single child's stocking. As, I mean, come on, you can't be good every single second of the year. It's impossible. We all deserve some coal, some more than others. Here's a couple of poems regarding Befana. The Befana comes by night, 
with her shoes all tattered and torn. She comes dressed in the Roman way. Long live the Befana. In another version, I won't sing it, I promise. Here comes, here comes the Befana. She comes from the mountains in the deep of night. Look how tired she is. All wrapped up in snow and frost and the north wind, here comes, here comes the Befana. She's portrayed usually as a hooded old hag covered in soot for coming down the chimneys. She travels via broom, of course, as any witch usually does. I mean, come on. Her bag plentiful of candy and candy coal. She is believed to use her broom, sweeping the homes that she enters before making her getaway. Girl, you're hired. If a child witnesses her approaching, she will give them a love tap on the head with her broom, a warning to hit the sack unless all you want is some damn coal, and I don't mean the candy kind. Santa? Well, he gets cookies and milk, right? Well, Bethana, she gets wine. And Tessa? She gets beer. But seriously, a glass of wine is left for Bethana. That's pretty badass. An intoxicated witch with a broom enters your home. What can go wrong? <laughs> there are several different stories about how Bethana came to be. One is that she at one time was just your ordinary gal, a mother who unfortunately and very sadly lost her child. She goes insane and starts to search for Jesus, as she heard he had just been born. For some reason, she thinks that Jesus is her child. Well, she finds him, and she gifts him with everything a child could wish for, and then some. Love, candy, presents, everything. He's overcome with joy and happiness, and even though he knew, this isn't my mom, I'm not her child, he gifts her with something truly amazing. To be the mother, or I suppose the honorary mother, of every single child all throughout Italy. So now every single year, she sends every single child love and candy. And I think that is just such a neat little story. Now, let's hop on a train and take a 10-day trip to gorgeous Sweden, where we enter a small town that is called Javle. A huge goat is there, and it's made out of straw. That is about 40 to 43 feet tall. Truly impressive. This Yule tradition started not too terribly long ago, back in 1966. It's a bizarre tradition and unique. And looking at pictures online, it is a fantastic sight. But it also attracts the attention of some negative folks. In fact, the very first year this tradition started, it was torched and burned at midnight right at the strike of the new year. It has suffered several attacks and fires, kidnap attempts that even included a helicopter at one point. Fires, dozens of fires. It's quite sad. I mean, this Christmas tradition, why are so many people out there trying to kill the holiday spirit and tradition? It just doesn't make sense to me. And a lot of the times it happens to be a local. The arsonists also have included an American tourist, a man dressed as the gingerbread man, two men in Santa Claus costumes, and a Norwegian. 
you don't like it, don't go near it. Don't look at it. Stay home. Stay away from it. It's that easy. There's a lot of things that I don't like, but I don't torch it or destroy it or vandalize it. It's had no attacks since 2016, but since then it has stood tall. And it's been no easy feat. It's under surveillance 24-7. Many attacks have happened on it. That was until, and I hate to say it, just 11 days ago. Yep, December 17th of 2021. Some asshole was caught at the scene and it was torched, completely destroyed. So it had a good run from 2016 till 2021. But again, why? This person, Christmas killer, he destroyed the 43-foot goat and a smaller version of it as well. So incredibly sad. Seeing pictures of it are truly amazing. It's really neat to see it. Seeing pictures of it in flames, not so much. Quite heartbreaking. Okay, now we find ourselves in Ukraine. There's a neat story here. So it goes something like this. This woman and her children, they lived in this tiny little dilapidated hut, if you wanted to even call it a hut. Her husband died some time ago, leaving the widow and her children completely heartbroken and fending for themselves. The children, they notice a pine cone starting to grow from the soil. They're excited that this means, hey, we're going to finally have a Christmas tree. A dream come true. They were over the moon ecstatic. They go out of their way to baby the growing tree. They nurture it. They take care of it. They love it. Eventually, it's tall enough to be a legit Christmas tree. So they bring it into their hut. And the mother, she is completely broke. She can barely feed her children, let alone buy decorations for the tree. She hates to disappoint her precious wee ones, but she breaks it to them that, hey, there's nothing going to be put on that tree. The children, they are too young to completely understand what's going on, and they start to cry. They worked so hard to get this tree. They go to bed, sobbing themselves into a very deep sleep. Spiders in the home, they hear the children sobbing and hate for them to be disappointed. So they go into the tree where they start to form these gorgeous, elaborate webs all throughout the tree. Well, the next morning, the children, they wake up and they go to this tree and they see the silky webs all over and they start to jump with glee. Pure happiness is running through their veins. They excitedly run into their mother's room. Mama, mama. And they're cheering and crying happy tears. They show her the tree and that it is indeed decorated. The sun shines through the window and it starts to turn the elegant webs into a beautiful golden color. And so it is a tradition that many hold on to here that they decorate their trees with spider webs. As they will always remember the story of the poor family whose webs turned into gold in hopes for prosperity for the upcoming year. Now we enter Guatemala. On December 7th at 6 p.m. on the dot, many take part in this bizarre tradition, burning the devil in their yards. They build these huge bonfires, a homemade devil is created and then destroyed by fire. The whole town counts down and there she blows. This ritual dates back to the colonial times. 
In larger cities, festivals are actually held where beautiful performances and dancing, well, that's conducted. Now, I hope you still have that passport in your hand because now we are headed over to Norway. The woman, she creeps ever so quietly down the stairs and past the call, glancing at the tree. The lights, they illuminate the room. The colors, they're ever so vibrant and gorgeous, a masterpiece. She wishes she could have this up all year round. She looks below at the presents and she smiles. Santa, he has arrived. Her children are getting exactly what they wanted and then some. She can't wait to see the looks on their cute little faces as they open their presents and giggle with glee. Still smiling, something in the corner catches her attention. Her smile fades. Hmm, yes. She walks out the door and grabs her broom. Not this time. Not this time. This Nordic tradition goes way back. It's believed that witches roamed the land during the ever-so-darkest time of the year the month of December. They wander about finding disregarded brooms. They then steal them and ride them throughout the night, cackling along the way I could only imagine. <laughs> this one comes from Austria and Bavaria. Like this one, there's a few that may be more scary than funny, so you may want to put any children around to sleep. Frau Perchta also referred to as Pinstubenfrau. She's a creepy-looking old lady, dressed in rags, usually with a cane, long beak-like nose, and she goes nowhere without her best friend, a long-ass knife concealed within her rags. They don't call her Spinstubenfrau for nothing, my friends. If you are a knitter or a weaver or something else of that sort, and haven't finished your projects by the 12th night, that being January 6th. She tramples upon the fibers and may even set them on fire. She then uses her best friend the knife and disembowels you, replaces your insides with straw and rocks. And if your house is a mess, forget about it. This woman in rags, well, she's extremely unforgiving and judgy and will not allow a messy house, even if it's not her own. Also, this depends if children have been in fact naughty or nice for the year. The nice ones are well rewarded, obviously, but the bad little wee ones, well, she disembowels them as well. Ouch! Better be good. So I can see the parents saying, You better be good or else Frau will come and get you. Or you better clean your room right now or else disemboweling is in your future. just in case some unfortunate child heard this nightmare of a tradition, let's hop on over to Catalonia, where they have not one, but two poop traditions. <laughs> yes, you heard right. I said poop traditions. The elderly woman gets on her step stool and looks to where her storage is kept. Her holiday go get she calls them. She smiles as she sees the box labeled Nativity. She carefully grabs it, and she steps off the stool. She walks to her fire mantle, where she has already cleared an area for her special nativity scene. 
she begins to unwrap each one ever so carefully. This set was handed down to her by her parents, and then by their parents, and so on. There's the donkey. She smiles and says, hee-haw. The shepherds, ah, the shepherds. Each one is like opening a gift all on its own. Which is next? She unwraps the piece in her hand and laughs. This gets her every single time. The little girl comes out of this elderly lady as she laughs and giggles and turns a slight blush of red. So the piece my made-up lady was laughing at is called the Kaganer. So it's a peasant wearing the traditional red Catalan hat known as the Berethina. His trousers are down to his ankles. He is bent over and relieving his bowels from Mill's past. And it's not people poking fun at the nativity scene. It's quite the opposite, actually. It's actually part of it. In fact, it's quite normal to have a pooper, that is Kaganer, in the nativity scene. It is believed that if you don't have the Kaganer in the set, you cannot have good luck in the next year. So even the most religious of people in Catalonia are sure to have one in their nativity scene. Looking further past the poop, it's thought to be a symbol of fertilization, healthy crops. Some families, especially those with little kiddos, will make a game out of it, the mom and dad often hiding the goofy figurine throughout the house and the children set off to find it. Putting the pooper in different spots means the fertilization of different areas, not just the one. Now the next poopy tradition here in Catalonia, what's referred to as cagatillo. It's a log that's propped up on sticks and it has a face painted on it, wearing a berethina hat, and the children of the home, they care for it. They make it comfortable, they keep it warm by covering it usually with a blanket or a quilt or afghan or what have you. They also feed it. That's right, they feed a log. They do this in hopes that on Christmas Eve or on Christmas Day, the log will poop. They beat the tío with sticks and hit him with their tiny hands and hope that things will come out of it, like candy. That's if they're good. If they're bad, poop comes out of it. I kind of made up that last bit, but you know. The log goes back to pagan times. It's actually a symbol of the weather changing. Your tío in your house, how you get it. You go and you take a walk into the woods, and the first log that you come upon, well, that's yours for the taking. You take that home with you. You bring it into your home, provide it with care, love, shelter, food, and it shall provide you with warmth when it's set on fire. Another sort of weird tradition. Now we find ourselves in Estonia. Families, they gather together to go to church. That's not weird, right? People all over the world do this. But what differentiates them from other churchgoers, they strip off their clothing, and together they go into a sauna. Then they put their clothing on, and off to church they go. Hmm. Getting naked in front of your family, your entire family, and seeing them all naked too? I'm a huge family person, but I think I'm going to pass on that one. Give me one of those poop figurines. I'll hide that around the house, but I will keep my clothing on. Thank you. <laughs> Now, I could not find a hell of a lot about this tradition, so who knows if it's still a thing or if it even was a thing. But what I did see, which I could jump on board with, is the traditional Estonian Christmas meal. Or should I say meals? 
old tradition is that anywhere from 7 to 12 are served throughout Christmas night. There's a Christmas spread that they call Christmas Barrow. And on the holy night, even the animals in the barn are offered this very special treat, that Christmas bread. Homebrewed ale is often made as well. And this I could definitely jump on board for. Sounds like my kind of festivities. Food, drink, family, friends. Yes, please. So, like many cultures and places, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, well, those are reserved for family time. December 26th and the days following, that's when friends and other relatives and neighbors often come together and they celebrate. December 27th is when you go to your local taverns. Again, count me in. Tessa, check. She's there. (laughs) Now, in the 1940s, Christmas was banned during the Soviet occupation, but it was still celebrated, just not publicly. Or, you know, they would get hugely in trouble for that as it was banned. How ridiculous is that? Banning Christmas? I mean, true Grinchola for sure. Okay, so now in Congo we find ourselves here where people gather to church where they bring small offerings and gifts and what have you. It's not just giving. There is a huge musical event that people look so forward to. It has choirs, several different ones actually, nativity plays, and much more. The Gambia, after church service ends on Christmas Eve, a parade is conducted. The locals, they dance about the streets with gorgeous large lanterns, usually made with bamboo and paper, often in shapes of boats and houses known as fanals. The lanterns are lit, where they are brought house to house to collect donations. Sierra Leone, the town celebrate by having the most vibrant, and colorful masquerade parties. Zambia. The church holds nativity plays and locals gather and sing Christmas carols all throughout the streets. In Liberia, Santa, he's nothing. He's yesterday news, my friends. It's all about old man Baika. He is quite the opposite than the jolly dude we know and love. Oh, oh, oh. he's considered a devil who refuses to give gifts to a single soul but instead walks around the streets Christmas Day begging and demanding presents for himself. Also, instead of saying Merry Christmas, they say, My Christmas on you! Meaning, dude, please, give me something, anything nice, please. No, like seriously, I mean it. (laughs) Now we find ourselves in France. And actually, this is France, Belgium, and Switzerland. They have Pierre Futhard. Santa Claus has a little helper, and he's a cannibal. Yeah, cannibal. Move over, Alfred Packer. Skedaddle, Jeffrey Dahmer. You too, Albert Fish. There's a new sheriff in town, and he goes by the name of Pierre Futhard. Apparently his wife and Pierre, they teamed up together, and they would murder children putting their bodies in salting barrels. Jolly St. Nick found out about this, and he was absolutely not pleased. No, no, no. He captures Pierre. I don't know what happened to his wife as she is a can't, you know, she was a murderer of children too. But he turns Pierre into his cannibal servant slave. So it's his duty to eat the bad little boys and girls. So again, 
I could hear parents. Hey, if you misbehave, you know, Cannibal Pierre is going to get your ass. In Greenland, going to church for Christmas services is considered quite the holy thing. People gather, they sing carols in unison. Many will then go to the churchyard and leave a light at the graves. Now, this is a precious and beautiful custom, something very important to the people here. And I think it would be neat if, like, everybody just did it. And I love this. What they do is build a small cave with the snow on top of the graves, and this prevents that cold gust of wind to blow out the flame. I can only imagine how beautiful the site is when all graves are glowing. Kind of like what I think, like, All Saints Day is when they, like, you know, tidy up the graves and put fresh flowers and a candle. But, I mean, this is different with the whole little cave made out of snow. I, I don't know. I just think that would be so neat. Greenland also is all about their food, as are many places, obviously. One meat is very popular. And cover your ears, little kiddos. It's reindeer. Apparently it's huge out there and very delicious. One delicacy out there that is a popular feast during the winter months, especially by the Inuits, is kvayak. It's a bizarre thing, really. It consists of a seal, which they stuff with several hundred ock birds, anywhere between 300 to 400. I mean, as many as can be shoved into that seal. It needs to be nice and tight before the seal is sealed. No pun intended. Then it is left to ferment underneath the large rock, and it stays there for several months. Now, some people say that the taste of this is kind of like licorice. I don't know. To me, I'll I'll pass. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, poultry that we get at the store. It's the whole bird that you shove in there. Beak, feathers, everything. Sounds unappetizing, right? Well, back in the day, it was made so the people knew that when the freezing months came and it was hard to get food, hey, it was just finished fermenting. It's ready for you. It could feed your family for the winter. And guess what? It lasts throughout the months. Many consider this a special meal and they do eat it on Christmas. They love it. Another Christmas favorite here is matak. Well, blubbered. As scrumptious as that sounds, I will pass on that as well. In the Philippines, they have a giant lantern festival. It's a competition where people bring their lanterns, usually built with bamboo, but as the years go on, they tend to get larger and more elaborate. After the competition, for several days, they are exhibited across the city. This draws in thousands of people. I actually saw a couple different pictures, and they were absolutely gorgeous. I mean, they, they're huge. A lot of them were kind of round resembling almost like Ferris wheels and just so many gorgeous designs and colors and lights and just very vibrant and beautiful. And so I think that would be kind of a neat thing to partake in. In Greece, Serbia, Turkey, and Bulgaria, there's the Kalakansari mean and oh, quite nasty little buggers that come to earth Christmas day and they cause trouble. They cause as much trouble as possible and they stay until January 6th. They are described as having 
red glowing eyes, long gnarly nails, black tails resembling gnomes or trolls. They enjoy jumping from rooftop to rooftop. The sneaky little bastards also tend to sneak into people's homes. Even if you think, hey, my house is secure, I've got this. Mm, you don't. They can get in through windows, chimneys, even a tiny little keyhole. It's no match for these little guys, seriously. They destroy your home. They completely trash it. They, they eat all your food. And if you have a child who happens to be born on Christmas... Ah, oh, sorry, you're not going to have to celebrate anymore. My condolences as they take the Christmas baby away. To keep these bad boys at bay, families burn Christaixo. I know I said that wrong, I apologize. It's a thorny type of wood known as wood of Christ. The fireplace is kept blazing for 12 whole days. A massive pot is placed over the fire, usually containing something like barley, this smell attracts the pesky critters, and they fall into the boiling pot and sayonara sucker. The ashes from the fire are spread about the property on a daily basis to drive away the evil. In Ireland, to put a candle in each window means a form of communication to weary travelers. Are you tired? Need a place to rest your head and soul for a while? I've got you. So we know Santa gets his jollies by eating cookies and dashing, right? Well, out here, people leave a nice little pint of Guinness and some minced pie. I like that. In Finland, these folks also have a cemetery tradition where they go to their past loved ones and light candles on their graves. Looking at pictures, it's just absolutely gorgeous. And I think it's a beautiful tradition, and this dates back to the 1920s. As our past loved ones, they may no longer be here physically, but spiritually, they're definitely here. So it's neat when we do something special like that for them. In Japan, people tend to stay away from the color red around this holiday because to them, they connect that to death. Where, you know, us, it's like Santa's bully in red, you know, Christmas is red and green. And so I thought that was very interesting. So not really a tradition, but just an interesting fact. In Portugal, in Portugal, they have what's called a consola feast. They partake in a huge Christmas feast the early hours of Christmas morning. They put food out at empty places at the table as well. This is for the loved ones who have passed on. And if you offer presents to your deceased loved ones, it's believed that you will have a good year coming up. And if you leave breadcrumbs in the hearth, you may have a bountiful feast, a bountiful harvest. This goes back to ancient tradition times. Let's head on over to Germany where we meet Belschnickel, Santa's sidekick. He carries candy for the well-behaved children while the misbehaving boys and girls get switches and rods. Mm-mm-mm. Well, I guess it's better than being eaten by a cannibal. Naughty kids also have to recite Bible verses. And if I saw correctly, there's an elderly man or woman that is picked for the year to be Belschnickel. And they are aware if the children are 
you know, good or bad because they watch them throughout the year. So, and I think it's kind of like an anonymous thing. Like, ooh, who's Bashnickel? Now, we all know, or most of us know, about Iceland's gigantor Yule Cat, who's judgy as hell, eating people who have not gotten new clothing for Christmas. And there are so many other countries that I did not mention, so many traditions, so many things, like Krampus, talked about him last year. Do you have any spooky, bizarre, special traditions for Christmas or the New Year? that you didn't hear about or maybe you heard something that I talked about from your country and maybe I got it wrong or maybe you wanted something added to it please let me know I'm very curious I'd love to hear all about it throw an email my way throw an email my way at paraprow at gmail.com did you enjoy this week's episode yes listen to the others you guys they are equally awesome haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. You can binge listen right now by hitting up any of those awesome podcast platforms such as Spotify, CastBox, Player FM, Owltel, Deezer, wherever you may roam to listen to your other awesome podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prada's podcast lurking in the background this week's Special city shoutouts go to Charleston, South Carolina, Appleton, Wisconsin, Tays Valley, West Virginia, Chard, England, and Wandell, California. Thank you guys. It's so greatly appreciated. I hope you have a great last chunk of 2021. And folks, we will see you next year. Happy New Year, baby.